We ready? Mm-hmm. Yep. Wonderful. Hello, everyone. Lauren and I are here. We wanted to talk about a different dimension of the work we do in our priestess training program and the different dimension really about the BDSM realm in general. So when people talk about BDSM, the word that I that I hear most commonly associated with it is dark. Even when it's a good connotation, even when it's like it's dark eros. So that sounds like dark chocolate. It's good. It's it's kind of rich and uh, luscious. Uh, so either we say it's dark, BDSM is a dark art, or even if you're a fan of BDSM possibilities and you explore it, people will say, well, it can create great catharsis. It can be used for great healing, which it can. And by the way, yes, it can also be dark because our eros is dark. And the third thing they may say is, well, it's about exploring our taboos and our shadow. I'm like, well, that's also true. So yes, taboo, shadow, dark, healing, catharsis, tears, release, all true. And they, they kind of leave an expression of this is like a really heavy murky you go into a dark cave and things happen there it lay happens in a dungeon dungeon yeah uh okay what we wanted to emphasize today is uh play fun silliness mischief and believe it or not at the end of all of those energies Innocence. That is also deeply an integral part of what is possible in this realm. And I think those parts, uh, they don't get talked about as much. So we want to really chat a little bit about those parts. And we also want to emphasize that from the perspective of the practitioner, from the perspective of the courtesan, Truthfully, yes, all those dark chocolate energies are great, but so often the great service the courtesan provides to the person they're pouring their mastery into is to bring fun into their lives, to insert play between couples who have not had play in their energies for a long time. To actually lighten the energies, to bring silliness and playfulness, even with some of the things that we consider kinky, so often the kinky things are done to create silliness. Role play can be silly. Role play can be hilarious. It can be mischievous. It can be goofy. It can be the playful way to get people out of their identity and seriousness instead of taking them into humiliation play, which is also designed to pull people out of their seriousness and their identity. But it's it's good to kind of acknowledge that how rich the bag of tricks and the possibilities in this realm are and especially also as an invitation to the practitioner that keep that in, in mind. 
you are not just being trained in the dark arts. You are being trained in how to just create levity in people's lives, to create at least a few moments of joy and playfulness is such a huge element. We call it scene play. Scenes are made up. They're made up. We put on our costumes and we put on a scene. We put on a play and we do it because it's a diversion, because it's playful, because we are actually not taking ourselves all that seriously when we go into this space. And even 15, 20, 30 minutes in that energy, and I swear to you, people come out looking 20 years younger. They look youthful and they look light and they look like their wrinkles have disappeared temporarily because the heaviness and we are in such heavy energies right now i believe i believe the weight of the world has doubled since covid we are all getting old faster we are all so heavy these days so i think we certainly need it for our our own levity so that we don't die prematurely we need more play and joy and silliness in our life. And truly, I think one of the bigger contributions that a Kurdizan or a practitioner or a Dom can bring to the lives of their submissive, or especially when they're they are engaged with couples, is really it, this is not life is not so goddamn serious. Put down your identity for half an hour and just be in your body, be in your sensation. Have a tickling scene. <laughs> it doesn't always have to be a flogging scene. I uh, yeah, so just want to emphasize that. Lauren, please. I love that. I love that. It's so true. As you're talking, I'm thinking back on all of the couples I've worked with and how often couples will come to a practitioner struggling because one or both are not in approval of their natural inclinations towards kink or BDSM. And through working with a couple, it's true. The practitioner, the dom, the courtesan can serve to take away the stigma and make those natural urges normal and have the person or people feel like, oh, I'm not alone and there's not something wrong with me because I have these cravings. They've been around for centuries, these cravings of power play and role playing. And it actually can produce like a tapestry of play opportunity in a couple who yeah. may want to be together for years and years and years. And now there's a richness of different flavors or notes that they can add to their relationship and their sensual life. Absolutely. When, when you said this thing has been here for centuries, you know, since the time of Bacchus, Bacchanals, from the Bacchanals to our Halloweens, putting on masks, dropping our identity, becoming playful, becoming mischievous. People think everything in BDSM is just so dark and kinky. People do puppy play and horse play, and they have the best time in the world adult grown middle-aged men and women can put on these costumes and just lose themselves for a little while pretending they're not even a human being it is not all about craziness or 
kinky and I start weird sex. It's about taking a break from we take taking ourselves so goddamn seriously. Mm-hmm. Like putting on masks that make us look ugly on Halloween. Mm-hmm. Because Jesus Christ carrying that identity and that persona day and night is exhausting. And we need to play. And these we have always had these little outlets. Like tonight, the rules are suspended. At this Bacchanal, the rules are suspended. If you come here dressed like a dog and crawl on all fours for eight hours, no one's going to question you. People will just walk around you. And that's also what happens in the dungeon. (laughs) Nobody will even look twice if somebody is dragging somebody on a leash and they're just barking. Like, do your thing. Mm -hmm. Right? And none of that is all that serious. People think kink is so goddamn serious. It isn't really serious. It is exactly the same play we used to do when we were absolutely children. Mm-hmm. Pretending, make-believe. We used to pretend to be dogs and cats and snakes, crawl around on the floor and get mud all over the place and hiss and bark at each other. Right? And so much of what goes on in the scene container actually attempts to regain that mm-hmm. for a few moments, for an hour. And the core drive behind it is really play. Foolishness. Let's be foolish. Let's not take ourselves so seriously and just put down our, our masks, everyday masks, which are also masks, which, is, which are not ultimately real. It's just our public face. How about we put down our public place and just, and I think there is innocence in that. Mm-hmm. It is very funny if you see children playing like animals and growling and meowing and barking, you'll say, ah, the innocence of childhood. Right. I invite people the next time, whenever <laughs> you see somebody, when you see adults doing that, it's innocence more than, oh, they're kinky people. Consider the possibility, truly. There is so much, there's such, there's such a longing for levity in our systems. Mm-hmm. And so much of what happens in scene play is like a desire to like put the burdens down, put the identity down, yep. and actually just play. And I think even as a dom or as a practitioner, if you can bring that into the life of the people you're working with, that is an enormous gift. It absolutely is. And the other part of what you're bringing up reminds me too, like this, the consensual intimacy and the cons- consensual construction of the scene between Dom and sub or a practitioner and client, that there's a true intimacy that is created because you're dropping masks. Like you get to be in real, like 100% real time connection with someone and like there's something deeply nourishing about that 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 has you feel that that sense of innocent connection that doesn't have a story or need to have rules around it or the like the structure of what society thinks is appropriate or not that there's just this pure connection and how beautiful yeah. i think this is one of the things that puzzles people about bdsm one of the many things this is one of the most common questions i get in my classes and otherwise, whenever I talk about BDSM, people who are just 
people who are not familiar with that, people who have never done a scene play, they're like, I don't see sex happening all the time in BDSM. And like, you're right. Yeah. You're Where? right. This is that's the entire thing. People are like, well, what's fun in that? They're not even having sex. I'm like, I know, but that that's why you have to widen your lens and realize BDSM is not always reaching for sexual pleasure. Mm-hmm. It is reaching for play. It is in fact reaching for innocence. Mm-hmm. It is reaching for that rest. It is reaching for levity. And it isn't always reaching for an orgasm. And I think that is the brilliance of this this complete this this dimension that it it has found all these different modalities of certainly addressing our sexual desires and maybe even our taboo sexual desires, but it does so much more. Mm-hmm. It does so much more than that. And this is why so much of what people consider kink or BDSM, in fact, is not directed towards sexual pleasure or sexual release. It's heading in a completely different direction. It is heading towards play. It is heading towards levity. It is heading towards innocence. And oftentimes, if the scene works in those areas, what people are left with in the end is just joy. Yeah. Joy and right. a sense of freedom. Like right. I see so many people after scenes in the receiving position just feel so free. Like right. and I and I'll tell you, I think joy is in short supply these days. Mm-hmm. Right. I see <laughs> I see a lot of simulation of joy on social media. People are working so hard. To post pictures that tell show the world I am having such a great time right now. I'm like, I don't believe you. Mm. I don't really believe you. Joy, joy is a true nourishment to our soul. And it doesn't, it actually does not show up when you're you're putting yourself on display or you're looking great and perfect. Joy actually looks like children sliding in the mud. Yeah, stomping around in their goulashes. And quarreling with each other and calling each other names. And and in the end, they're like, even if you try to stop them, they're like, why are you trying to stop us? This is great. Leave us alone. Mm-hmm. We like the fighting part too. Mm-hmm. And it's, the end result is joy, almost like joy of being a human being, joy of being in your body, joy of playing, joy of physicality. Mm-hmm. And I think, People have gotten so stiff, right? This is and really getting back to the practitioner point. The, we are we are training women, and most of the time, the women are going to be handling male clients, not always. And the male clients who come into this realm, they are the cream of the crop of our society. These people run other people's lives in three-piece suits, are cop and judge uniforms. I'm like, sorry, these are the facts. These are very prominent people in society. And when they come into scene space, even they are not always looking for sexual release. They want to play horse and buggy with their dominatrix. They They want to do puppy play. They they want to give up the responsibility. They want to give up the daily life. They want to take off their three-piece suits and be called by silly names. They want to regain some of that joy and that play. And 
it's really worthwhile saying that and saying that up front and also to like kind of put the put it in perspective what a great ds practitioner masters and brings to others it really isn't all about whips and chains i think whips and chains are overrated in in our in our collective psyche on what bdsm is right yeah. this is also one of the things i found was so lopsided in 50 shades of gray i'm like i would have loved it if the guy had tied up his submissive at one point and just tickled her feet for 15 minutes why is it always about pain and spankings and paddles that's not what all this thing is about. Doms should not take themselves as seriously as Christian Grey does. Doms really need a huge element of the trickster archetype. They tend to be very mischievous. They love playing. They love playing with your body. They love playing with your head. They love play. They love mischief. They love throwing people off balance. They are they're tricksters. They're not always shamans. Yep. And so these are also the archetypes that a good dom needs to occupy, right? It's really not all about putting on your high heels and swinging floggers. So, yeah. Yeah. I love it. So these are just some of the things we explore in our course, Modern Priestess of Eros, which starts uh, towards the end of September. And if you are a woman and you're interested and you uh, want to explore the edges of your own arrows, as well as supporting other people, um, you can take this class personally. If you're not considering being a professional dominatrix, you can take it professionally. You can take it for a wide variety of reasons. And it's been wonderful to watch each woman find freedom in her own arrows and then be able to support others in doing the same. So if you're interested in registering, you can click the link on this post. And if you have any questions, feel free to direct message either of us and we'd be happy to answer any questions you may have. Wonderful. All right. Okay. Have a great day.